We're tired of your little games. And we're tired of your little crew. We're coming for our belts with everything we got. Even if that means taking your plastic heads off. Oh, my. We sacrificed everything for this. Being a champion is in our blood. This is our ring. Nobody is going to stop us. I dare you to try and stop us. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. And it is the WWE Championship. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Rise and Wrongs Pro Wrestling. This is your host, Mr. Green, and we got another one in the books for WOW. This is the 31st episode since their return to syndicated television. Uh, this, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if uh, people out there are aware that they, they titled the, uh, the episodes, you know, much like a... You know, like sitcoms and, and, and other television shows do. I, you know, I guess they feel like they belong in that category. I don't know. Uh, but if you're listening to this on YouTube or, or any other platform, really, I'm probably going to start using some of the titles that they have shared amongst their uh, their uh, press releases and things like that. I think they actually use them on um, YouTube itself. Not a uh, now that I'm saying this out loud, I think they you can see the names there. Uh, so yeah, just just a point of note that I am going to do. But anyway, this is episode 31, Rice Rolls of Pro Wrestling. Your host, Mr. Green. Thank you for tuning in and uh, listening to me go on about wrestling and specifically women's wrestling in, uh, well, I guess the greater United States and sometimes the world. Um... Episode 31, Unruly Souls. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's for the purposes of uh, Siren and Holiday and Chainsaw and whatnot. So. Now that, I guess that would be the connection to that little titling. But uh, I have to say before we begin, and I think I've, I've said it previously, that you know the the shows have gotten better certainly from when it started you know when it started it didn't make any sort of sense they were just doing whatever they felt like doing uh but no i i, I think the shows gotten better they haven't been great but they've gotten better so you know you you want to give credit where the credit is due and the credit is due right here for that that one 
want them and uh, whoever they have supported them to know it. So, uh, this uh, I'm just gonna put the average out or the grade that I rated it at out right now. This, this episode was a C. This is probably about as average a show as it could get. It wasn't a, a bad show, but it wasn't really uh, good either. <laughs> it was it was just kind of it was a show. I mean, I it, you know it had some nice matches and it, you know you had some some nice personalities, but it, it was just a show. Uh, normally, I will wait to the end, but I mean there was really nothing or not much here for me to like. Yeah, you know. The, and the rating is this. It's like it's, it's just not worth waiting for that. Um, the first match. Let's let's go off into that, which was BK Rhythm and Keita Rush. Um, uh, I remember right. Well, no, let me let me not remember. I'm going to pick up the paper. You could probably there you go. There's, those are my notes. Uh, I wasn't looking at it at the time, but now I said, let me not go off of my memory. Let me go off of what I wrote. Um, this show does what we have come to expect. We have the, the opening and the opening graphic. This is, you know, the first segment where it sets up everything that you have to see, you know, throughout the course of our hour, which is, of course, as it should be. It's, you know, nice way to set the table for everybody that's watching the program and, and of course, to let you know uh, what your main event uh, happens to be, what you're allegedly going to wait the duration of the hour to enjoy. Um, BK Rhythm, talented young lady. Known on the independent circuit as Killer Kate. And while, however, she she doesn't have something missing. The uh, I don't. There's something that hasn't connected quite yet with BK Rhythm as it relates in Wow. Not that she doesn't have personality not that she doesn't have in-ring talent not that she doesn't have good look all of those things are there is i want to believe that she is a case of someone who needs to be able to get in front of a a microphone and show who she is she suffers from the same thing that so many of them suffer from their persona is surface level and if you are one of the unfortunate ones that are there who doesn't have some sort of story that's going on uh, some sort of angle that requires you to do vignettes or something along those lines the most that people will know about you and your persona in the ring is that you are XYZ in BK Rhythm's case she's a rapper in the mother truckers case, they drive trucks. G.I. Jane, she's in the army. We don't know anything else about most of these people beyond that they have this characteristic. You know, they gave 
interviews when this show began, uh, probably interviews that are in their docu-series. I mean, if I'm going to be quite honest with myself. Uh, and that's probably, I'm not even going to say probably, that is where they belong, but for, you know, different reasons. Not that those interviews were bad. They just didn't need to be in the wrestling show. Distracting. Uh, those interviews gave you the insight to the person behind the persona, not necessarily the persona. And BK Riddle's persona has not been really explored. It hasn't been shown or showcased. I, we, again, we don't. What do we really know about her beyond that she raps? And I'm hesitant. I'm sorry, BK, but I'm hesitant to to say that. And, you know. That you know, that's the thing. That that is the it. I mean, and I can't even single her out now that I'm saying this out loud. I can't single BK Rhythm out because as I said, there's a lot of people that have suffered from the same thing. Their persona is skin deep. It is it's the occupation that they portray on TV, and then that's it. <laughs> they could have pretty much there's nothing else underneath that. Now, you get a couple of them that skate past it because they've had something going on. They've had some sort of vignette. They've had backstage uh, sketch, if you want to call it that. So some of them we've gotten to know. I mean, the Fabulous Four, for instance. Now, of course, we don't know them in depth, but they've gotten probably more airtime than anybody on the show. So just a, uh, a point of note. <laughs> that I wanted to bring up as I was uh, talking about it. That BK is one of those young, talented uh, individuals that are there, but it's, something is just missing. And I think that missing component is personality. Not the stick that you do when you get to the ring. Personality. So... That's just me. So anyhow, this match, when it starts, uh, you have BK. She was about to do her shtick, as I just called it, but she pretty much said that these people didn't deserve it. Um, a, a really good point of note beyond that, because I, I think I said it before, and I, I should bring it in now. Keita Rush has gotten better in the ring she's not not where she could be but she's absolutely gotten better and I, I know I said this in the previous podcast and I'm sure a lot of that is built around uh, the mixed martial arts that she trains for has probably helped her coordination hand you know and whatnot her ability to execute I'm, I'm assuming you know the moves and maneuvers that she does one of the first things that she does in this match is when she walks up to um, BK Rhythm is uh, cinches in and applies a leg lock uh, and, and did it very very smooth now there was a visible botch in the match um, at some point <laughs> I made sure to put that down uh, you know somebody ducked a phantom clothesline uh, uh, Keita Rush if I remember right I just wrote the, the botch I didn't write who did it, but if I remember correctly, it was her. Now, but that is not a deal breaker as far as the match is concerned because 
those things happen. Sometimes you get a little, you get some cross communication in the ring. I mean, it happens with the best. It happens, you know, with the alleged pros, if you want to call it that. You know, you got a, a WWE and AEW and Impact and so on. You know, you, you get that. So, you know, the, that again, that's it wasn't a deal breaker that the timing between the clothesline to be and Keita Rush ducking it got got a little off. Uh, getting towards the end, and well, I, I guess I should also say that the pacing of the match was pretty, pretty good, pretty decent, nothing too fast. Very, very easy if you're watching this and you don't understand or you Let's say you didn't watch wrestling before this. Very, very easy for you to look at this and understand what's going on. You understand who's supposed to be the jerk. You understand who's supposed to be the babyface or the, or the good guy here. You understand who's doing what to whom. You, you know, it, it is a very methodical pace. So whereas it's not like super fast and, and high speed and, you know, got a bunch of high spots in it and so, you know, things like that, it, it is, as stated, a pretty, you know, pretty decent match. Uh, I, I beat the dead horse with this that I wish some of them would go wrestle other places so they could be as good as they could be. Keita Rush is on that list. I, I wish she would, you know, go somewhere to – keep wrestling regularly so she could be as good as she could be she she actually has as i said before gotten very good well not very good better <laughs> and i sound like i'm insulting her there i'm trying to <laughs> trying to be complimentary she is good at what she's what she's doing but there's always room for the improvement and I'm, I'm pretty sure she would not argue that point there's room for the improvement and i wish that she had you know a working wrestling environment rather than just the training to kind of get herself into speed. I mean, she throws a, a mean drop kick, you know? That is good coordination. That's something that wasn't there when she first got in that company. She could probably look at some of those videos and, and tell. Um, so anyway, uh, there, there's a point in the match where Keita Rush is shot off of the ropes and she comes in where it could have been BK doing, say, a pop-up powerbomb. I, I know that probably wasn't the move that she was going for. But it was like she was setting up for it, and Keita turned it into a dropkick. That puts BK down. Keita goes to the outside and tries something I hadn't seen her try before. I'm not sure why they went for it, but she went for a springboard. As she goes up, Rhythm rolls down down and hits the bottom ropes you know and shakes shakes the ring you know because you hit one rope it kind of jiggles a little bit fall tosses key to rush's balance she falls and then we get what we're going to call the mic drop i think that's what they called it there uh and this would be uh her second win rhythm's second win um it was the I gave a lot of the end note that I have have here as I was talking about it. It was moderate pace. Keita's better, you know, decent match. And everything I just said, and I'm just repeating it there. <laughs> Those were the notes. As I began with on this pretty average um, show here. 
Uh, so we can move on, but but I will say that BK at the end of this decided that she had to kind of chastise some people. So you know, getting on the microphone. Uh, next segment is a video package that set up the Island Dynasty uh, versus the Fabulous Four, and that you know this is addressing what took place the previous week with the obvious setup for the four-on-four match, which, let's face it, for a while would be a big deal. That would be a a high-stakes match for that company. It got every champion involved and, you know, the top heel faction against what is, I guess, now becoming the top group of babyfaces. So, you know, got to have that and got to let people know that this is coming. Uh, you know, I wonder how that translates for them in ratings. <laughs> if they do get ratings, I wonder if that would actually draw more people in. Who knows? I should endeavor to find out. Uh, that package transitions into them talking about the main event that would be uh, Chainsaw taking on Princess Ozzy. So they, they've set the table for that. Segment three, we are at the gym that Candy Crush trains at. And as she's there, uh, Princess Ozzy comes out of the back. And they begin talking like, hey, I, you know, I didn't know that you trained here. Yeah, I got to come here and box and get, you know, work out and blah, 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 blah. And this, of course, they, they start going into a little conversation uh, about the mind games that they both suffered from Siren, the voodoo doll, uh, as part of the dark side. I guess this is another portion of the Unholy Souls title. Uh, and they begin bonding over this. So uh, this is, I guess, the informal forming of a union of sorts. Now, that. Uh, the only real note that I had here was just one that I, I had for personal reasons. Uh, well, not personal, but it just is not something that is uh, terrible. But it's like, y'all go here to box. Shouldn't you be talk, training to grapple or wrestle or something? I, I don't know. I just, it just, nah. I mean, come on, Candy Crush. Pick your occupation and stick with it. Well, anyway, no, that that was just a little side note. There's nothing against the show. That, that That's just me, folks. That was just me. Uh, the next segment was a match featuring one of the members of Exile, Genesis, taking on who we just previously saw, Candy Crush. Uh The first note that I made here was one that I was happy that I had to make. That A.J. Mendez at least addressed the leadership issue in exile. Because up until this point, I mean, I think it would have been at least two appearances up to to now. It was just all of a sudden, Malayo Hosaka was gone. And we really hadn't talked about it. They haven't said anything because we don't do promos or interviews here. Uh so we really knew nothing about the shift that took place within this, what was a faction 
I, I assume it's still a fact. I don't know. I mean, we've 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 not been explained this, so I don't know if Ice Cold is officially part of Exile now. I don't know if she's just hanging around because she's lost and she needs another group to pal around with. I have no idea, and they have not really given a lot here, and it just uh, seems seems odd. But you know, we, we'll see where this is going. I mean, odd and visually speaking, the, the cosmetic look uh, Ice Cold kind of sticks out, and especially when you got Genesis looking like she's the leader of this group. So anyhow, uh, Genesis is there with her partners Exodus and Ice Cold. We'll, for the sake of this, we'll say Exile. And they are taking on Candy Crush. Uh, the match was technically fine, but it was, it was slow. Very, very, very deliberate. I mean, I... The first match, I'd say, it was a moderate pace, but it wasn't. It didn't feel slow to me. This kind of felt slow. Like we 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 got to take our time and do this and make sure this connects and let's see. You know, it. it and I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, the a fast pace, moderate pace, slow pace. Those are not necessarily bad things. You know, regardless, if the audience is still willing to accept it, then there's no problem. I can only say that it was slow for me. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, but I don't want that to come off like it's a complaint. Uh, <clears throat> I, I would imagine the reason I, I might have felt like that is it, this kind of. This kind of match reminded me of matches that I saw in, in training. I, that's about the best way I could put it. If you've ever gone to a wrestling training school or if you've seen one uh, or the people that's there, is sometimes they, they operate you know full matches, particularly if you have the school. Most of them do uh, shows on the side so that the students can get the, the benefit of learning uh, how to work in front of a crowd because the trainers – all agree that it's important to learn how to work in front of a crowd and not just go out there and do it on the, you know, on the fly. Uh, but in any case, the kind of matches that I saw there on occasion where they had to like, all right, let's make this, make sure this is going good. Let's do that. Da, da. You know, the kind of matches I saw there is what I felt like here. Not bad, just very deliberate. Uh, so let's let's get past you know you got some uh, points in the match here that uh, got exiled yelling and screaming at uh, their partner, and of course as you would expect with a heel group they're going to get involved. At one point, uh, Crush goes into the ropes, which, as you would figure, she's going to go into the heel side at some point. She goes in, Ice Cold clips the ankle, which makes Candy Crush turn around like, hey, what are you doing? You know, so, which then gives the opening for Genesis to attack. And then she gains, uh, you know, the advantage here. Drops a nice leg drop on the uh, back of uh, Candy Crush's head. 
you know, and, and I mean, not seriously, folks. I mean, she's okay, but it looked good. Looked good on, looked good on camera. See, I mean, she dropped a nice stiff leg. Um, get back down to my nose. I lost, lost my place. All right. Uh, you had a, a, a spot in the match where Genesis takes Crush into, uh, we'll call it the heel corner, and she chokes her out, which of course causes the referee to come over there and like, hey, you can't do that. And when she's trying to get out of the corner, this was, <laughs> if the camera had stayed on this longer, it probably would have been like an angle alert, but good, good job for the editors. So in any case, Crush punches uh, Genesis out of the corner. Genesis goes to the refs like, hey, she's got a close fist. He turns around as she's talking to him and pulling him backwards. Crush, like, stands back into the corner where these two people are that just tripped her up not all that long ago. And so, so we see her standing there in the corner like, all right, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. It's, it's like... It, it, I know it wasn't that long, literally, but th that her body language kind of felt like I'm waiting for something to happen, which, of course, it did. Uh, both members of Exile 2.0, Exodus and Ice Cold, come, and they grab her ankles, and they pull her down. Now, I don't know if this next part was a little bit of miscommunication or uh, Crush trying to give them instructions. If she was trying to give them instruction, then good on her. <laughs> if she was trying to, hey, hey, come back here. But all right, when they grab her ankles and they pull her down, both of them pull her down and walk away. And you can see Candy turn her head back like she, you can't read her lips because now she's facing against the camera. But it's like she's turning to say, hey, come back and grab my ankles. And they both go back and they grab her ankles, you know, to kind of keep her in place and give her something to shake off. She shakes them off, turns around, and now she's like, again, guys, if I, you know, what are you doing? If I could come out there and punch you, which gives enough time for uh, Genesis to come up behind her and, you know, cheat some more. I mean, it's <laughs> it was a nice little sequence. Uh, and I really want to believe that that Candy Crush had to tell them, hey, yo, get back over here. And, and if she did, then like I said, good on her. It means that she is progressing and she, she's moving along. And, man, I love it. I, I love it. I really do. Because I, I, I know I I've, I've think that she's still green, and she is. But I have to respect the effort. I, you know, I, I gotta respect the effort that she has been putting in, and it, and clearly they put a lot of faith in her. I mean, because outside of the championships, this is probably the most featured performer that's in WoW right now. You know, her now the angle went too long. I think it went way beyond his expiration date, and, I, and I'm not even sure it's over now. But, but but it was still one of the more featured angles in the you know show or promotion whatever you want to call it uh but in any case let's let's uh get to where this finishes up uh at one point crush kind of turns on the gas and and you know starts wailing away at uh genesis catching in the corner driving shoulder blocks and 
a nice clothesline. Uh, Genesis did a, a nice roundhouse that Crush ducked. I mean, but it was but it was a beautiful roundhouse kick. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and um, before she's able to put it away, of course, we got we got the little the heel moment where one of them gets up there and, and um, distracts Candy Crush just enough for Genesis to try to get the advantage. But this time it doesn't work. She, it only stops her momentarily. She gets out of the way of a kick that uh, was coming towards her head. That she's able to uh, transition into getting on her shoulder as she being Candy candy Crush. Genesis transitions the, the fireman's carry into what would have been a sleeper. I mean, they, they did a, a nice little number here. I, I don't know if they did this in ring or they worked out the sequence ahead of time but I mean uh, for two people who are probably not nearly as as experienced as some of their uh, indie colleagues they they put some effort into this and uh, you know it was it was a, a match I think that was taken seriously I don't I don't know how else I could put what again wasn't fast kind of slow at points but it was the effort was there and you could see the effort uh getting back to it uh crush go did a second effort attempt for uh well we know it as a the attitude adjustment if you're looking at wwe <laughs> we'll just say a fireman's carry drop here uh but this does not put her opponent away it does set up for a spot where she's charging into the corner. She being Genesis in this case. Uh, Crush stops her, which makes Genesis go backwards a couple of steps. Crush gets up on the second rope. She yells out her her catchphrase, which is sweeping the nation. Let's go. And, well, not really. But anyway. <laughs> she comes off with a superwoman punch. Boom. One, two, three. And she wins the match. No big surprise there, but nice effort by uh, uh, Genesis. If Candy Crush were, how can I put this? A <sighs> bigger star sounds like is not giving credit. More clout, we'll say, within the wrestling community. That match would have been a match to make Genesis had that been the case. It was a, again, much like the first one, a very easily digestible match that I think you could walk in on and you can understand what is going on. They did a good job of letting you know who is who. Which was one of the com- one of the uh, complaints that I had at points with them earlier. Wow, would not establish in those early weeks who's heel and who's babyface. I mean, some of them were very clear, but then you had somebody who was babyface one week taking on the heel, and then the following week they might be taking on somebody who's a babyface when you thought they were a babyface. I was like it just you know it didn't match up in in points here. They've made it not only very clear through commentary, but they made it very clear 
through the match. If you could, if you watch this with no commentary, just turn the volume off, you would understand who's doing what. And again, good. Can't be mad at that. You know. Uh, <clears throat> after the match, as you would expect, exile attacks. <laughs> I mean, it's a heel faction. What are you? What are you expecting to happen when both of them are sitting out there? And at this point, you think that Candy Crush would know a little better, but you know, hey, what are you going to say? She just went through gang warfare with her against three members of the Dark Side or the Unruly Souls or whatever you want to call them. And now you got another group of three, and you're going to turn your back on them? Come on. you know, don't, <laughs> Think a little bit here, Candy. Think. Uh, but anyway, no, she gets attacked, and uh, Princess Ozzy, who we just saw in the earlier vignette, comes out for the save. So I guess, you know, we had to see the, the vignette or segment to understand <laughs> that they're now friends. They've bonded because they met up in the gym. And so now you're my friend and I can come out and save you the way no one bothered to save me from those monsters two seasons ago. Uh, she comes out, saves the day, and cuts a pretty basic promo uh, to set up a tag team match. You know, I mean, I assumed that's what I wrote. That's like, I don't know where she's going is, but, you know, it, it just essentially came out, cut a promo, and, you know, that was it. We we moved on. It didn't really drill a point home that I was really aware of other than it's, other than the generic babyface thing to say. If you're going to go, you, you got to go through me to get to her. Just... <laughs> Princess Ozzy looks directly into the camera, you know, warning people that are going after Candy Crush. You got to go through me to go to get to her. Now, I don't know why she felt suddenly the urge that, you know, she's got to take on Candy Crush's fight. <laughs> because as far as I know, you know, the people that she's fighting, she shouldn't want any part of. Like, they kidnapped and brainwashed her for months. It's like, why would you ever want to go back and face that? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, hey, if not them, then exile. We just went, just had that match. You want to, you want to take on another group, two on three? And for all that, you know, for all we know, Hosaka could be back. Might turn the full on two. This... Princess Ozzy, way to overmatch yourself. So we move on. Um, I also, you know, I also put a little note here. Says, is there new ink on Candy Crush? Now that's not anything to, you know, valid to the show. It's just an internal question. Uh, and last notes about this match is that I thought Exile played heel well, especially in a, in a show where. You've had people come out the ringside and literally just stand there and not do anything for their client or partner other than just look at them. Uh, <clears throat> they, they did a fine job except for the ankle grab. You know, 
know, they had to be reminded there, but except <laughs> for that, it's all good. Uh, the next segment was a recap of the angle injury to the beast, which included an interview with Jungle Girl. Um, I thought this was, you know, fine, especially, you know, the, they, they've treated things like this, I think, pretty as seriously as why I was going to treat it. We'll, we'll put it that way. So, and they give it some uh, validity. <clears throat> so there's really nothing to, to complain about there. I mean, the, the only thing that I thought that was odd, <laughs> and it was only me, and you know maybe somebody out there looking like, hey, yeah, me too. They showed her rehabbing and working out and all that good stuff, and everything that she did was all upper body. I was like, wouldn't it? Shouldn't she be rehabbing her ankle? I thought that's how it worked. I mean, shouldn't she be running or doing squats or you know, I don't know, working out with ankle weights and anything? I, I don't know. Just, I'm not a doctor, folks, and I don't play one on TV. So that was uh, it. Was just a side question. <clears throat> Next segment was a match. And that match was Siren and Holiday taking on Foxy Fierce and Chantilla Chella. Ugh. That was such a mouthful. I, man, I, if ever there was a name that I wish they'd change, it is that one. Ah, why? why? That's, I've never had a, a wrestling name bother me as much as Chantilla Chella. Why are you named after a, a, a music festival? And it's and it's not an easy name to get off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Shanchella Chella for the world's championship. Mm. All right, we're, we're gonna just get past that and go towards the match. So we got the the. Dancing duo against the dark side. Or, you know, this match started off as just comedy. I, I don't know. Another thing here is that sometimes I think they have these marathon tapings there in a single day. I mean, the, the audience seemed kind of tired at by this point, even though. Theoretically, they shouldn't have been. <laughs> uh, you know, this is supposed to be like the, the beginning of the, the show and whatnot. But in any case, uh, as I said, some of this is played up for comedy. The, the dancing duo walks up to the middle of the ring and do not bother to look at either of their opponents. They just start dancing for no reason. And turn away from them, both of them. These two individuals who have been portrayed as evil and dangerous and kidnappers and brainwashers and potential cult leaders and everything else, they did not take seriously for a second. That's it, it, it just went against the grain of everything that Wild taught you about those two, Holiday and and Siren. Like, why are these, these two out here dancing? Like, they ain't worried about them at all. Uh, 
Now, that's not to say that they should be. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they're the badasses of of wow. I don't know. But I would think that if you're trying to relate to the audience, that these two, Holiday and Siren, are still dangerous. I probably would not have two people go into the ring and then turn away from them as if they were not worth the time. Um, the first thing they do coming out of that, they do, do, they do turn and face them at some point. And when they do, Siren and Holiday both essentially challenge them to a test of strength. When they get into the test, the, well, they don't even do a full lockup. It's just like one hand. And then Siren rolls, well, not rolls, she t- turns, which repositions her and Foxy Fierce. So rather than being faced off two on two, they've now been shifted to where they're in a circle. And all four of them uh, grab hands and uh, then our, our dancing duo essentially forces the dark side into doing a wave. So that was the obligatory comedy spot that was uh, inserted into the beginning of the match. Um, <clears throat> nice tag team match. Um but again, you know, this was um, when I say that this was a, a C show, like I said at the beginning, and this is one of the examples of that the match here is fine. If you're just if you're going and you're looking at you know just a match just for the sake of a match, this is this is absolutely fine. But that that's what it is. It's just a match uh, for the sake of a match. Is is there's nothing you know, driving any real reasons to root for or against either one of them beyond, you know, that we know that one is healed and one is babyface, but no one's really done anything here that would make you either, uh, like, despise the heels, Siren and Holiday, or, like, really root for the babyfaces, Foxy Fierce and Chinchilla Chella. The match, you know, looking at the four of them in the ring, I cannot imagine that it would have been a bad match anyway. Everybody there is pretty competent. You got varying degrees of experience, of course. That's with every match. <clears throat> but Three out of the four, I am positive, have, you know, a, a good deal of in-ring experience. I haven't checked into Foxy Fierce's background, but I, from what I have seen of her in-ring, she's she's a competent wrestler. So, again, you look at what's on screen, there's, like, there's no reason to believe that this would be anything other than a good match. But, again, there's... There's no reason to root for or against anyone here or, you know, make you feel like I have to sit here and watch this and see who's going to win. Uh, it was it was fun in spots. 
and good for the audience. I mean, I, I watched out there. They did pop when Foxy Fierce finally got the, uh, the, the tag to get into the ring. So, I mean, you can't say that nothing's, nothing good was done there. They did the good in the match. <clears throat> they, they got the audience into it at some point. But this isn't driving any particular story or, you know, anything like this. This is just a competitive match that took place between what was going to be a glorified squash. As I'm sure this was, you know, largely just to keep the the dark side looking strong. At the end, when uh, all four competitors got into the the ring, Foxy Fierce at some point was the uh, the one that came in to clean house. After Chella made the the tag, Fierce get, comes in. She does the hero spots. <clears throat> takes on Siren, takes on Holiday, knocks them both around, does all the good stuff. And then there's a tag back out by Chella, her partner. Tags herself back in. A little bit soon, but she does. They get a nice little double team spot and look like they were going for a double suplex or something thereof until Holiday comes in, throws Foxy Fist out to the floor. Siren, I was about to say Nina Monet, which is her former name, had a little brain fart there. Uh, Siren turns the tables on Chella, gives her the voodoo driver, and one, two, three, wins the match as Holiday chokes out Fierce with her foot on the outside on the floor. That is how the match ended. The heels won clean. No cheating here. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, there's nothing really put, no story or angle, you know, being pushed there. It's just a match to to get the existing heels over, I would imagine. And that's probably about as far as that went. Uh, we go into... The main event. Well, there was a segment just before uh, the tag team match that I missed, but that's uh, <clears throat> a that was the the beast recap. There's a uh, uh, um, uh, what did I mean? Segment seven. <laughs> Another four and four is next week. They, they you know they just hype that up again. Uh, going into the main event. <laughs> Chainsaw with her sister Angelica Dante versus Princess Ozzy. So this was look number three for Chainsaw that I was aware of. She's now coming out with the apron of faces and she's wearing hobo attire. I mean, she... (laughs) It's like she's gotten progressively worse with her dressing skills. She started off with uh, some tights and just went to wearing a garbage bag. So, But it works for her. So here we have a uh, 
I want to say a natural matchup, but a, a matchup of what I guess Wild would consider long-term storytelling because they did address <clears throat> the, I call it kidnapping. I'm going to call it for what it is, the kidnapping of Princess Ozzy <laughs> to the dark side. And, of course, Chainsaw is part of that faction, so... Perhaps this is why she's so determined and driven to fight that she wants to show I'm not scared anymore and you can't control me and who knows what. Um, <clears throat> I liked this match when I saw it. For the reasons that I was, I don't say pushing for Chainsaw, but they identified her as the monster of their faction early when the show began. And then they ended her hour of invincibility when she got beat, at least in my eyes, because they, they had somebody go, not only just go over, she went over clean. It wasn't like it took the world to stop her. It just like, all right, my fist is good enough, bam. And, you know, that was it. Uh, since... Angelica Dante has been introduced and actually shown up to the WoW Arena. We're not talking about that episode 25, that terrible episode. Uh, since she's been here with Chainsaw, Chainsaw has been the monster that she is supposed to be, which is what I wanted and why I like the match. Because it wasn't like it was some, you know, it, it, to use the Meltzer term, a five, some five-star classic or anything like that, but it got the point across. And it's not like they had a angle going on right here, but again, it got the point across. The point was Chainsaw is the monster. And leaning in towards, in their universe at least, invincibility. And... More so than that, wins and losses at this point do not matter. It was, it was. I'm not even going to say it was worth going into reviewing this match whole for whole. I mean, you had a lot of chokes. You had a chance of drop putting her down. You, you know, you had chin locks and stuff like that, raking her eyes, pulling her nose. <laughs> fish hooking her in the mouth and you know, just stuff like that. While Dante's on the outside screaming and hollering. But you know, but you also got your your hero spots where Ozzy, you know, does what she can with her. <clears throat> Excuse me, and and give, gives the the good old college try, as we call it. it gets on the back, tries to give it a sleeper, just David and Goliath in wrestling type stuff. It it is that it is everything that you expect out of that. That that is. Is it predictable? Sure, but I mean it, that is didn't mean as bad, and it was a fun match. It, you know, it, it was a fun match because Ozzy had to fight from underneath and did a really good job. And more, more so, uh, it's a it's a type of style that can help somebody like Chainsaw, who's probably not as experienced as as Ozzy is, because she doesn't have to do much. She doesn't have to, you know, run around. She doesn't have to 
leave her feet. She doesn't have to be some technical wonder. She she didn't have to do any of those things. She just, as Chainsaw, she does things as right for her persona. Same way as like The Undertaker, when he was introduced, was the undead zombie. I used this example before. It was right for him to not fall and move slow and and not speak and and all that at the time, even though he could do all those other things, it just wasn't right for him to do it for that version of that character, if you want to call it that. Uh, With Chainsaw, again, you know, this works for her and it, and it had only helped um, cover any flaws until those flaws are minimized and go away. And, and then she's also working with somebody who, like a Princess Ozzy, who is a traveled wrestler, can help her. It's only going to help. It's only going to help that she's in there with people that are better than her and more experienced where they can explain certain things. And I would be curious to know whether Ozzy was, you know, put the match together because throughout most of this, Chainsaw stayed on her feet, which is an old wrestling thing. It's like, you know, you, you, you made sure that the big man or the monster heel or whatever, they don't leave their feet. So when somebody actually does it, it's a big deal. Uh, I don't know if they are quite there yet because Chainsaw's been down several times with her, so I don't know if they could re-educate the audience totally that she's this unstoppable thing. But they did build up to the point where Ozzy was able to get off her feet with like a, a, a arc, a, a, a cutter. <laughs> I was going to say arc, yeah, that's, that's Randy's thing, but yeah, a cutter. So, yeah, she was able to do that, and that dropped her enough for Ozzy to try to go for a finish, which is a frog splash off the top. She runs around to do that, but Dante stops her just long enough to get you know her sister the time to get back up to her feet. She gets up, goes over to the corner where Ozzy is, and grabs her around the throat. And then proceeds to lift her up off her feet with both hands wrapped around the throat. Referee's yelling. He's saying, hey, uh, stop it. You know, this is one of the more common. Like, he at least looked like he was trying to get this to stop and like he had a face of authority to some degree. Even though he got himself right in that ring once the bell was rung. But anyway, um, Chainsaw holds Ozzy up. Referee's yelling. She doesn't break, and he calls for the bell. It's a DQ. And I thought that, you know, I know some people do not like disqualification finishes, but I have to say that I like this one for her. And I think this is, I think this is her second. Oh, yeah, that's because she, she can't, not can't crush, Keita Rush. <laughs> Candy crush, Keita Rush. But yeah, Keita Rush, yeah, she had the same deal. You know, the same same thing. Hard to take off her feet, doing everything I can. Little, little lady, big lady, you know, match. 
And ultimately, it's Chainsaw beating herself. And that's what it was here. Chainsaw didn't get beat. She lost, but she didn't get beaten. She she beat herself by refusing to let go. And it's good that they don't even complain. They don't they don't complain. They don't yell at the referee like, what do you mean? I'm disqualified. None of that happens. They just enjoy the fact they being Chainsaw and Dante that they've hurt somebody. This works. I think that is is as telling a detail for a talent or, or a persona that I have seen in this show. I said earlier, you got a lot of people there that's just surface level. They don't have anything that really defines a trait about them or who they are, their tics or you know, kinks or giggles, whatever. With this, yes, Chainsaw's surface level. But you've established at least one thing that goes just a bit further is that the wins and losses don't matter here. We already knew that she liked hurting people. But now we know that she likes hurting people at the expense of winning the match. Theoretically, that should hurt her career. Theoretically, that should hurt your pay. Theoretically, that should hurt whether you might even have a job. But what do you what does Chainsaw care? It works. Works for me. Uh I think that was as, you know, as decent a show as, as you as you can have. Um, like I said, it is decent. I can't I can't give it much more than that. I can't give it much more than beyond decent. C is is everything I told you at the beginning. It was an average show. BK Rhythm and Keita Rush is not kicking off any sort of angle or storyline. I mean, at least did not appear that way. Uh, Genesis versus Candy Crush also decent match, but did not push anything forward. Siren and Holiday at Fox Fist and, and Cella decent match, didn't push anything forward. And then there's Chainsaw and Princess Ozzy decent match but what did it push for and the only other thing that might even tie something together is that uh, after the match and after the disqualification and after she was let go and Ozzy comes out to the slides out to the floor Candy Crush comes out to ringside to check on make sure that her uh, her friend is okay uh but that was it. I mean, it was that was pretty much the show. From all that I saw, top to bottom, there was nothing uh, extraordinary. But there was nothing terrible. It, 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 I could probably go on and and describe a couple of other different types of ways how middle of the road it was for me. But you know, it was pretty middle of the road. Uh, the one thing I did note here when I was uh, watching the main event, 
I wrote down Chainsaw needs to watch old Abyss matches. And uh, Abdullah the Butcher, Bruiser Brody, Vader, and any other monster wrestler that she can borrow from. Because I think that as a monster wrestler within their universe, she could be uh, not their version of a Vader. I don't know if she, I don't know if she's that. Um, Vader was pretty athletic in his prime. I don't know if she's that athletic. <coughs> um, and I don't want to, you know, Abdullah the Butcher was a was a big money draw in places. Uh, kind of like that. I mean, I, and I would hope that she wouldn't take that as an insult. And I don't mean it as that, but like, kind of like an Abdullah the Butcher. I mean, and you'd have to know about him in his prime years to really understand that I'm, you know, complimenting you, <laughs> Chainsaw. Uh, but yeah, you know, I can kind of see, see it in those veins where you, you exist to terrorize people. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's what the butcher was at the time. He kind of existed at at his time to terrorize people and be bloodthirsty, and, and you know make people just fear him. And chainsaw in in a wild format could potentially be that. Ah, that. That is uh, the bulk of the show. I really wish I had something like, hey, you know, this anger went here or they did this or did that. But man, I have nothing. I don't. <laughs> this was just this was just an hour of what felt like, hey, what, what kind of match do you want? How about this one? How about that one? You know, it's like it's like me playing WWE 2K. Just let me just put some matches together. Nothing there. It's fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy playing it and I enjoy watching it, but there's no angle to it. It's just just a match. So with that, folks, I mean, uh, I'm going to have to let that one go. (laughs) Like I said, uh, there's not really much else that I can drag that on with. That was pretty much the review. So with, uh, with that and ending the show, This is Mr. Green saying, and this is Mr. Green saying, so long, and we will see you on the next go-round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.